Hi folks, welcome to the Happy Saver podcast. Your friends might not want to talk about their journey with money, but I sure do. I'm Ruth and I'm a blogger on personal finance in New Zealand and in this podcast series I tell the stories of Kiwis and their experiences with the money in their lives. I met Petty via my blog The Happy Saver as she is also active on social media and each time I saw her post a comment I couldn't help but think that she probably had an interesting story to tell. She is in many ways a very typical Kiwi. Growing up, no one taught her how to be good with money. She launched herself into the job market and with each pay rise, she spent a little bit more. She had a nice house, a loving husband and all the latest gadgets. And from the outside looking in, she appeared to have it all. But instead, she was feeling crushed by consumer debt and found herself looking at her numbers and thinking, holy heck, where did all my money go? So she set about changing her future and these changes are recent and ongoing and at the age of 41, Petty has launched herself into finally being better with money. But before I get started, here is a quick word from today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Superlife's My Future Fund. We all want the best for our kids and this fund is designed to help you help them save for their future. This fund is flexible so that anyone can save for a child because My Future Fund is not just for parents. More than one person can save for the same child at the same time, such as grandparents, other relatives, godparents and friends. It is an ideal vehicle to receive cash presents for birthdays or the holiday season. This is truly the gift that keeps on giving. Superlife's fees are amongst the lowest in the market and there are a broad range of investment options to choose from including age steps which sets the child's allocation to growth assets based on their age. Visit superlife.co.nz and follow the quick link Invest for Children to find out more. And just so you know, Superlife is managed by SmartShares and you can download a copy of the product disclosure statement at superlife.co.nz for more information. Petty grew up in the stunning South Island towns of Manapuri and Nintiano. Think picturesque, scenic beauty and these days endless tourists, many of whom are actually driving on the wrong side of the road uh, while looking at the view. It is an absolute stunning part of the world and if you have not yet been there then you really should go. At the age of 19 she moved to neighbouring Queenstown and then off to the States, London, back to Auckland and now she's in Wellington where she has lived for the past 15 years. She said she bumped around for a bit and then met her husband and together they have an extremely chatty and funny two and a half year old daughter. When we spoke, Petty was working three days a week as an agile consultant and a scrum master and during that time her daughter goes to a home-based horse carer. Now, weirdly, this is the second person I have spoken to who has this very odd-sounding occupation. And for the record, she is helping people within the business that she is working. She's helping them become more autonomous, more self-managing and resourceful. She uses her days off to hang out with her daughter and to work on her own blog and fledgling business, which is called The Leveraged Mama, which she started within the last year. And I'm going to link to that one in my show notes. But many roads lead to Rome and she's had a series of jobs that led her up to where she is today. She was really fun to talk to and she has a lot of interests and a real entrepreneurial spirit and throughout her life if she discovers a passion for something then she just goes with it and she just goes for it. She has worked many jobs starting out in hospitality when she moved to Queenstown and then she worked in a snowboarding ticket office and that developed into moving on to the States where she worked at a ski resort and became a certified ski instructor and of course that involved spending up large on appropriate gear for the job 
and somewhere along the way she found the time to complete a diploma in hairdressing as well. Now, with an interest in fine art photography, she chased that dream. She purchased the camera gear she needed. She produced an exhibition at the New Zealand Academy of Fine Arts that she remains really proud of. Uh, She won an award and then she moved on because she is constantly looking to learn new things. Currently, her side hustle is blogging. Uh, She sold her camera gear to get this hustle off the ground and she is not sure how far she will take this. But right now she knows she has a message to get out there and that this is her thing. And she is seeking to develop a business that is independent of location. Now, since I spoke to Petty, she has actually ditched her day job and she is working on this side hustle of her blog full time. So it's going to be really interesting to watch where she takes that. So what was one piece of advice, either good or bad, that her parents taught her about money and what does she wish they had taught her that she's since worked out for herself? Well, she didn't really get taught a lot. She just acquired knowledge more through observation because her family didn't have open conversations about money and she observed her parents' mortgage debt and recalls that it was a source of great stress. She feels it's too harsh to say that she did not learn much because for her, any lesson, either good or bad, is a really valuable one. But now that she is a parent herself, it has been a real wake-up call about the importance of modelling good behaviour to her own daughter, and she has decided that she won't be a shitty example of how to manage her money. And I just love her honesty there. Petty said she learns through doing and she is a voracious learner and without a TV at home she is always reading or doing an online course, she's improving her skills and currently all of her attention is focused on personal finance. She joined up with a business school for mothers and they helped her figure out that she wanted to blog about motherhood, specifically motherhood and debt, working, finances and freedom because she came to realise that around these topics she has a lot to share. After all, she is a working mother and she has a lot of debt to sort out. She used the phrase keeping up with the Joneses as a good example of how people are in debt yet continuing to finance and refinance to keep up the charade. They have nice clothes, their kids are in nice schools and are doing countless activities and her question is how does society encourage that? Social media shows the good side and you don't see people's real struggles. So she charts her own struggles with consumer debt honestly and because she used to be keeping up with the Joneses herself but in her words has her shit together now, we can learn from her and writing about it has helped her see her own life with a lot more clarity. So on with a few of my questions, I wondered if Petty had someone in her life who she can openly talk about money with. And the answer was not really, except for her husband. They find that they can openly talk about money now, which is not to say that they didn't used to talk about money in the past, but she said that they were financially illiterate while they were having those conversations. They each had great paying jobs, but no idea about how to manage the money they earned, and they both became total spenders with expensive hobbies and a love for travel. Because after all, they both firmly believed that life is about living, and live it they did. Her friends, many of whom have bad spending habits too, don't talk about money a lot, and Petty said that some people she knows have 99 other problems, and this is not the biggest one. So they may not want to hear what she has to say. She does try to broach the subject with friends, not always with the best results, but just because Petty is on this journey and is ready to learn and change does not mean that they are. Her hope is that perhaps if they are to observe what she is up to, then they may become curious and this may start a conversation where they can learn off each other. And what she is up to today is fixing what she had been up to all the years leading up to today. Hopefully that sentence makes sense to you all. 
Now, as a couple, Petty referred to them both as massive spenders, and if there was a new toy, they had to have it. They rented an expensive property that came fully furnished. It had a beautiful designer bathroom, an amazing deck for entertaining, and they rented it because they liked it. Because they liked to live in a nice place, they spent money on high rents rather than saving, and the rent in this Wellington property was an eye-watering $660 per week. I'm sure their house had a fabulous kitchen too, but this didn't stop them eating out all of the time. She said her friends and family were under the illusion that they certainly helped to create, that they were rich, but they had no idea of the actual state of their finances. They always had credit cards and store cards, and she had thousands and thousands of dollars of credit available to her, which she thought was a good thing. She was rewarded for being a valued customer, so she used them. When she was pregnant and planning for the arrival of their baby nine months down the track, they created some savings, and she had planned that this money would get her through maternity leave. But out of the blue, at six months pregnant, she was made redundant, and in order to keep working, she used that redundancy money to start up a photography business, only to find after just nine sessions that it was not going to be profitable enough, so she quit it. Now, the savings she had put aside so she could remain off work were going to be stretched to their absolute limit. So, in the first few months of having their baby girl with little sleep and no idea about being parents, when the money ran out, they turned even more than they had ever before to credit cards and store cards and slowly, slowly, bit by bit, the balances of each ramped up and up. And when I asked her what she was buying, she said, well, here's the bloody thing, right? I don't know what we spent it on. By the time her baby was 12 months old, they had accumulated $70,000 in consumer debt. Despite her wanting to be at home with her baby for the whole year, despite being worn out, burnt out and exhausted, when her daughter was just nine months old, she had to start back at work. They needed more money coming in. And she said she was freaking out about having to work when she felt in absolutely no state to do so. She should have been at home with her baby, but she had no choice because of the enormous amount of debt that they had taken on that now needed servicing. And looking back, she wonders how she survived, but she now knows that she was actually in the grip of postnatal depression at the time, and that just really added to her whole struggle. She felt trapped in her work, trapped by her debt, and trapped in her situation. She now calls it a stroke of luck, but I bet it didn't feel like it at the time. But their landlord sold the house from under them and they were forced to move with their 12-month-old baby. She said she never felt as tired in her life as the weekend that they moved. Both of them were so exhausted, they felt like checking themselves into the hospital for a rest. Now that's probably as low as you can go. Even when she was deep in debt, I was surprised to learn that she actually kept a budget. So she knew when she was maxed out somewhere, or where she ran out of credit somewhere, which cards she should use next to pay for something. It was this budget that showed her continuing to go backwards financially, and that she was digging a deeper hole into consumer debt because numbers tend not to lie. Now Petty has never shared numbers with anyone before, this is her first time. But when she sat down and took a good look at her debt situation, she came up with the following. They had four credit cards, two store cards, each with a $7,000 limit. And of course, you earn that limit by being a very good customer, by making regular payments over the years. And the reward for this is that the limit had been steadily increasing. They had two phones on credit that they were paying off each month, which she cited as a perfect example of, here is a new toy, let's just buy it. And she discovered that in total, they had $70,000 of consumer debt. Now, this is not mortgage debt. This is debt where you have just been steadily buying stuff. 
And they could have kept going just a bit longer because they actually had $90,000 of credit available to them. And they'd just been kidding themselves that this meant that they were wealthy. But this was just a complete illusion because in Petty's words, she worked out that we were bloody poor. Looking back on it, debt was so easy to come by. There were constantly all kinds of offers being thrown at them, but she realises now that she was really, really limiting her choices and she had become trapped in her work and trapped in her situation. And she knows now that marketing is designed to lead you to believe that you are always needing something and it is literally training you to consume and it has you walking around with a constant desire for more. So she made the decision to change her immediate circle of friends and expose herself to people who were better with money, who could instead advise her well and help her address her own issues of why am I spending more than what I have? She said that it was while she was getting help to work through her postnatal depression and she was very inward focused that she started to focus on the debt because she was acutely aware that they had run out of money and at that point she started to read and one book that set her off on this path was The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey and in it he told her debt is stealing your future and also it is stealing from you right now and she could clearly see that for her family this was very very true. Now in his book Dave Ramsey has what he calls the debt snowball which he reasons is the fastest way to get out of debt and in it you list all of your debts from smallest to largest, you make minimum payments on all of your debts except the smallest, you pay as much as possible on your smallest debt until it is gone and you repeat until each debt is paid in full. Now Petty found it extremely psychologically satisfying to start with the smallest loan they had, that was the first one that they could throw money at and nail it and she started to build momentum by doing this. In paying off the small one she started to learn new habits and she felt like she was making progress quite quickly. It didn't matter if interest rates were higher on the other loans, the key was to start with the smallest and work your way up and out of debt. Now I often listen to Dave Ramsey in his podcast and he is constantly referring to the debt snowball. And from the people who call into his show and talk about the get out of debt experiences um, using his strategy, it really does appear to work. Now they went to their bank and they were able to consolidate their four credit cards into two $30,000 personal loans, one for him and one for her. And when we spoke, it was these two loans that they were in the process of hammering and paying off as quickly as they could. And when we talked in early May, they had been on this debt-killing journey for about 18 months. Their net worth started out at negative $56,000, and on the day we spoke, it was negative $10,000. So, in Petty's words, we are worth almost nothing, but that's a great thing, right? It means we've improved our net worth by $46,000 over that time. With her part-time work and her husband working full-time as a software engineer on his above-average salary, they are now extremely focused on clearing this as soon as possible. You see, they never suffered so much from a lack of income, especially when they both worked full-time, but she sees her greatest financial flop being that they suffered from lifestyle inflation each and every time they got a pay rise and an addiction to shiny new objects, but with a recent change in job and a salary increase, it is no longer the case as they are both aiming for financial independence. This is the first time their spending has not increased to meet this new salary. Today they rent a house for $465 per week and it makes a big difference to their numbers. They have an extra $800 left over each month to put towards this debt and she said that the house is a lot older and at first it felt like a real come down but it has epic views and to her it now represents where she is at with her life. She now no longer pretends to be anyone else and is living below her means and she is proud that what you see is what you get and that they are renting an appropriate place while they concentrate on getting out of debt. 
So as they climbed steadily out of debt, I asked what she sees as her biggest financial triumph. For her, she will never regret cutting up all of her credit cards. For years, she viewed store cards and credit cards as a right and the increasing limits as a measure of success. Becoming aware of what they were actually doing and that they were not adding to her life was a huge turning point and a triumph to her. And I've heard this through a lot of people I speak to. Cutting up those credit cards is actually a really liberating experience. And her win leads nicely into her money elevator pitch, a sentence that would sum up her approach to money. She now has a bee in her bonnet about easy credit and says that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can get a 30-year mortgage, even if it has what you think is a really low interest rate, does not mean you should because you will end up paying double the amount you borrowed back and you need to ask yourself, how will that affect your financial future? So it's fair to say that in the last 18 months, a fair few things have changed with the way this family deals with money. So I was interested to know what are their three main financial habits, things that they just automatically do now. Well, the first one is a technique she has devised uh, and it's planning ahead and understanding where her money is going. Her finances are really transparent now. For example, their car failed a warrant of fitness in December due to rust and they were quoted $1,000 to fix it. She knew prior that this might be an issue, so she had been saving already and had planned for this expense so the money was already available. What would have in the past been a money emergency where they would have reached for a credit card, it now ceases to be an emergency. Number two is that Petty and her husband talk about money. In the past, there used to be fights about money and many panicked conversations, but now they can hear each other and understand each other's need and have a civil conversation and agree that neither would do something with money that the other is not in agreement about. And an example of this is that he loves to cook and he enjoys eating and sharing food with his family. And it's something that she said is connected to his heart. Now, as a bit of a chef in his own kitchen, the food budget can climb quite high. Petty thinks his food is just a fuel source and would have a lower food budget, but she understands this is important to him. So they agree to cut back where they can, but ultimately set a higher budget for food as this is his passion. No arguments are necessary and together they discuss the household budget and they make changes together so they are both happy. Now the third one is that they have to have a budget and as I just mentioned that budget has to be based in reality and that is why she now tracks everything using Tiller Money and also Pocketsmith which is a New Zealand company by the way and she really recommends them and I'll link to them in my show notes as well. And it helps her understand her spending habits and she can look back at the end of the month and see exactly where the money went and can adjust their spending for the coming month. And in their neighbourhood is a craft brewery and it produces some pretty tasty beer and wine. And when we spoke, she realised that there, there had been a bit of a budget blowout in that area the month before. But don't worry, Penny, because that sort of thing happens to the best of us. And while she is climbing her way out of debt, she is already looking towards the future and has started on the investing path already. Now, I've certainly noticed and I've mentioned before that when people decide to move from being spenders to savers, even though they have a lot of debt to pay off, they can't help but dip their toes in the investing waters as well. And Petty is no exception to this. Her husband's company pays 6% into his superannuation fund if he does the same. So he is taking full advantage of that match. But she only signed up to KiwiSaver two years ago, despite knowing about its existence from the beginning. And the reason is she didn't get involved because she thought she had a good enough income to support herself and that other people deserve the government money more than her, which is a very philanthropic way of thinking about things, I guess. But it means that she missed out on the $1,000 that was available when she first signed up and on every government contribution since. 
A previous job had its own super fund as well, but when she left that job and had it paid out, she blew it on her short-lived photography business. But she is in KiwiSaver now, a simplicity growth fund, and that is what matters. She is also having a play around with New Zealand company sharesies because of their low point of entry. You don't need big bucks to get involved, but can instead start with just $5. So at the start of each month, she invests just $50 total into the New Zealand Top 50, a New Zealand bond fund, and also the US 500 fund. And she sees this as an education in how investing works. And month by month, she learns a little bit more, and she also sees it as an investment in her future. And it feels really good to be spending money on this while the rest of her focus is still on debt repayment. Now this money comes from the allowance she gives herself at the start of each month when she pays herself first and this amount is set at $500. Her husband has an allowance too although his is set at a slightly higher amount because he's in town a lot more often and he's working more hours. Both of them deliberately draw this cash out and use this over the month and this money is for eating out, it's for books and things like makeup and personal items. If she has any leftover at the end of the month, she buys even more shares via shares with it. Now these days they have an emergency fund which is actual cash, not a credit card. And by cash, I mean cash in the bank. Um, and this is a huge change for them. The amount in there varies between one to $2,000 depending on how much they have to pillage from it, she told me, like they did recently to fix up the rusty car. Now early on, they were very loose on what constituted an emergency, but they have become a lot better at predicting upcoming events and saving for them. And after 18 months of having it, it does not get touched much and it is a really good feeling to know that it's there and it's a representation for them of just how far they've come. Now, they do actually have some other money tucked away in shares. It's about $10,000, with most of those shares being with NAB, which is the National Australia Bank. They have taken a bit of a hit more recently with the Royal Commission inquiry into banking um, in Australia, which has seen the share price drop. Uh, Well, how on earth did this come about, you might ask, that these non-financial people own shares in a bank? Well, they come from a workshare offer that her husband was given as part of his employment many, many years ago. And when he left that workplace, he had the good sense to not cash them out and blow that money, but has instead been receiving dividends ever since. And whenever they arrived, those dividends, they always went woohoo and spent that money instead. Now they put these payouts towards debt and to saving. Now, since speaking to Petty for this podcast, we've emailed backwards and forwards and she said that now they're actually looking at selling out of those shares and using them towards either debt repayment or uh, investing them in, in another place. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those. Now, I mentioned that they had a daughter and that she's two and a half and I wondered if they had thought about planning for her financial future. Now, they certainly will be, but at the moment they've decided to kill their own debt first, which I think is extremely wise. They will be starting something for her before she turns five so that they can help her take advantage of compound interest over time. And by that time, Petty will better understand how to invest herself, so will be in a position to make better choices for her own daughter. I was interested to ask the question of if someone knocked on her door and gave her a chunk of money right now, say $10,000, what would she do with it? Would the temptation to spend come back as this money was unexpected? Without hesitation, she would put it towards her debt, which by my calculations would put her net worth at zero, making her debt free. I wish I could give them $10,000 for real so they could do that, but alas, no. And once they extricate themselves from this debt, what is next for them as a family? Now, for those who enjoy following Dave Ramsey, he always says that the next step is to become a millionaire, so is that their goal? 
Not necessarily. Her goal is to become financially independent and whether or not that means having a million bucks, she is not sure. Petty has more than worked out that it's not so much about the amount of money you have, instead it's about the choices that having some money will bring. So for example, if her parents who both have health issues need her, she wants to know that she can go to their aid and be with them, so she is really looking at options of how she can work remotely if she needs to help them. 18 months ago, the thought of helping them out financially or packing a bag and flying home to help her family was a desire she had, but it was definitely not an option that was open to her due to her finances being in such a state. But now that they are almost in the positive, she's beginning to have these options. And because she loves her family, that's really important to her. Can you just imagine how stressful it would be if your family needed you, but you could not help them because you were so broke that you could not buy a ticket to get on a plane to go and help them? That is what being enslaved by debt does to you. It really limits your options. Now I went on to ask Petty what was the most extravagant thing she had purchased for herself in the last 90 days. Well, it certainly was not clothes as she has put a complete clothes buying ban in place and when we spoke she was having a sock dilemma. She needed winter socks but her clothes ban meant she could not buy them. So the most extravagant thing was instead makeup. Now in the past she used to buy a lot of makeup but that stopped when they started their journey out of debt because that stuff can get very expensive. But she noticed that every day she was putting on blusher and it has stopped working. What a dilemma. So she chose to replace it which felt very extravagant. And she also got a gift with her purchase, that is something for free. If only the gift with purchase was free socks she would have been so sorted. Now I also had to share this Google tip. One of the first times I came across Petty was on Instagram when she was putting these sticky things on her eyes. Now I watched the video three times trying to work out what on earth she was doing. She used to use Botox and she spent $500 every three months but seeing as that cost has been slashed from the budget she had to get creative and instead she found these sticky things that draw your eyelids up at a cost of $10 per pack and apparently they work a treat. And next I asked her if she could retain all of the knowledge she has today regarding money and she could go back to her 15-year-old self and start again, what would she do, whether it be the same or something quite different? Petty would tell her 15-year-old self that you need to forgive yourself and then you need to love yourself and then you will look after yourself and by that she means both emotionally and financially. She has concluded that a lot of her money issues were deeply rooted in not feeling worthy and she now sees that feeling worthy actually leads to much better behaviours. And having learnt so much in a relatively short space of time about how to make her life better, what book or podcast or blog does she recommend that you and I check out? Well, Your Money or Your Life by Vicky Robbins really struck a chord with her, as a lot of her principles are similar to what she has always felt but never been able to express. And because of this book, Petty now looks really carefully at the why behind what she does. Why does she need a new outfit? Why did moving to a smaller house feel like such a huge loss? Now this book has just been updated and re-released. I've read it and listened to Vicky on a number of podcasts and I really agree that it's a book worth tracking down. She really recommends The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey as a great start for those freaking out about their debt. If Vicky Robbins helps you sort out the why of money, well Dave Ramsey will help you sort out the how and she has found his plan invaluable. And she is also constantly discovering websites and books. And if you find a good one, it will always lead on to another. So her advice is to just start searching. Now, it's almost time to wrap up. But before I do, here is a quick word from today's sponsor. And they help me bring you this podcast for free so that you can use your money instead to buy those sticky things to give yourself a brow lift. 
A huge thank you to Superlife's My Future Fund for helping me bring this episode to you today. Superlife, managed by SmartShares, lets you save for any child in your life and give them the gift of a secure financial future. Visit superlife.co.nz to view the product disclosure statement and use the quick link Invest for Children to find out more. I'm coming around to the thought that inside every person that is bad with money is a budget genius just itching to get out. I've seen this a lot where people know in their hearts the right thing to do, but they doggedly continue down the wrong path. An aha moment or a wake-up call jolts them, and once they get on the correct path, they do seem to find it remarkably easy to follow and make fast progress. Then they're just pretty pissed off with themselves, actually, for making so many money mistakes for so long. And the fact that Petty kept a budget of their debt meant that she was halfway there. She was good at tracking exactly what they didn't have, So now she could use those skills to track what they do have. The bit that was missing until she was in her very late 30s was being really, really annoyed at having all that debt in the first place. Instead, she was seeing it as a badge of honour that banks and lenders would entrust her with the lending. And when she reached that point and said, I've had just about enough of this, she was able to turn a corner and hit her debt really hard. Now, many people email me and they say, oh man, I'm 40 or I'm 50 and I've just realised I'm broke. And I say back to them, well, it's bloody lucky that you worked it out now and not at 60 or 70, where it's just getting later and later to fix it. And the same goes for Petty and her family. They had high incomes and they told themselves that they could handle debt at their age. They could have paid off the debt easily when they were both working full time, but they didn't. They just spent more instead and became handcuffed to their jobs as a result. And lucky for them that they still have a long working life in front of them to gain back the ground that they've lost due to those store cards, the credit cards, the new phones and the consumer debt. Now losing her job at six months pregnant got the ball rolling for them to face up to the consumer debt and get back on track. And she said that the changes she has seen in herself and her husband have been incredible and now both of them are set on modelling good money habits to their daughter. Now hopefully you can listen to her journey with money and if you are finding yourself in a similar situation, you might think, what did Petty do or how did she cope and learn from her situation and perhaps make some big changes in your own life and pull yourself back from the brink of financial collapse just like she did. They were fully on board with easy finance and debt, but she was very clear that just because it's offered does not mean you should take it. It's a trap that has taken her family a fair few years to get themselves out of, so please don't fall victim to it yourself. Now just finally to wrap up, a big, big thank you to Petty for talking with me so openly. She was a great laugh to chat with as she swept me up in her journey of getting out from underneath all of this debt. And I'll be staying in touch, indeed I already have been, to see what the next six months bring as she begins to grow her net worth into positive territory. And I have absolutely no doubt that she's going to achieve it. That's all from me this week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another money journey of another Kiwi. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit subscribe and it will automatically update in your podcast app each time I release a new episode. And if you want to get in touch, you can find me at thehappysaver.com and I would love it if you could give me a five-star review in iTunes and share it with your friends. Those are the best ways that people can learn about my podcast and I would also love it if you would talk more about money with your own friends and help me continue to help others be better with money. So until next time, happy saving.